Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission-free U.S. share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon and our full range of US markets both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk-free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB from Ausbiz on this October the 3rd. I'm your host, David Scott. Joined today by Carl Rotter here in the Barangaroo Studios. Carl, how's your uh, your day off? <laughs> Slow. Glad to get to the back uh, behind us. Um, I don't know how the proportion of Australians on public holiday, but uh, there was certainly about 1.4 billion Chinese on public holiday as well. So... It was a pretty quiet day for the region, I think. Yeah, it was a bit messy, uh, and you're probably understandable, I know, given the uh, the lack of uh, volumes and uh, interest probably in the market on a day like this. But we did go and close down about a uh, no, quarter of a percent. It was a pretty wild intraday uh, in the swings, I've got to say. At the start of the session, we're up as much as half a percent early on, and then all of a sudden, this dramatic plunge down 1%. percent. We're testing those uh, lows seen back in June, so a bit of a technical uh, trade potentially going through there. But uh, yeah, managed to go and claw back to around break even and then uh, towards a close, dribbled off. But not a lot of rhyme or reason today. As you said, uh, China's going to be on holidays for the entire uh, no, week. And also not a lot of data out today, but it's going to be a pretty busy week earlier on. Looking across the, uh, the market map here, Carl, uh, yeah, I can see energy, uh, utilities and REITs all had a decent enough session. They were up around about 1% plus. I uh, know utilities in particular had a pretty good day of at 1.6%. Not a lot of stocks, though, in that subsector. Elsewhere, though, uh, losses coming through tech. And that's despite, I know, a decline in bond yields coming through today. Uh, was the weakest sector about 1.3%. Can we really read, do you think, too much into the market movements today when it's a day dominated by retail? Uh, I mean, surely not. Surely not. I mean, flatline. It looked to me that... Um we had a little bit of chop at the start of the session because that's just what happens in thin markets and we flatlined for the last three or four hours of the day. The only thing I think was interesting, and you called it out when, when the news broke, was the delivery um, delivery numbers out of Tesla. I think it was this morning or might have come out at another time, but um, a little bit of a miss on expectations, I do believe. So I did see um, uh, Spoo's off by just a little bit. Yeah. Don't know if that's got anything to do with it. I know we had all sorts of wild speculation over the weekend, so there's probably a few fear mongers out there upset that uh, we're not seeing a 2 or 3% drop in US futures. But that news seems to sort of maybe move things around a little bit. But the rest of the day, um, mate, I, I didn't see volumes, but I'm sure that we were 
you know, oh, a fraction of normal. They are paltry. And uh, in response to what's going on with uh, E-mini, spoos are currently off about uh, three-tenths of one percent. So not a whole lot going on that neck of the woods. Yeah. I haven't seen what Tesla's doing after hours trade, but I dare say if it has missed, we know that the high bar that's still set for the likes of Tesla. So maybe it is a factor there. But you, are, you touched upon it. Some of those uh, speculation and rumors that were circulating on social media the weekend before last, it was all about uh, President Xi in China was under house arrest and a nationwide coup was underway. Uh, and then uh, this is the, this I know, is the, mate. I know, it, I know. It, I'm not, it, I'm not it, laughing it, at you. Yeah, no, I'm then, laughing at you. And then, of course, uh, over the weekend, uh, no, lots of speculation about a certain investment bank based out of Europe uh, and the solvency and what it could potentially go and lead to to the uh, for the financial system, like a Lehman moment or, or something potentially a whole lot worse. What did you make about you know, when you saw those things come through over the weekend? What did you make about you know, what was being said? Uh, I'm going to give you an answer which is right um, on brand for me. But it made me think of someone told me once that when you go into old banks, the reason why the ceilings are so high is that when they had bank runs, they could push people in and people were safe, mm. basically, and get them off the street. Yep. There is no way to do that on Twitter when you've got a virtual public square and you can proliferate, pr- proliferate BS. Uh, well, in a very, very rapid way and without any kind of restrictions. So that's what it makes me think of. It's it's just a very public hysteria, which, you know, interestingly enough, to bring it back home to more, you know, market stuff and conversations we had today, I had probably two or three guests saying that I feel like we're getting to like that capitulation moment because retail, retail investors have held out a lot. Mm. Um, they continue to buy this, you know, never-ending dip, I guess you could say. When they go... Uh, and fear hits it hits sort of when well, we hit peak fear, you capitulate, and that's generally when you start to see bottoms uh, emerging. Maybe all this hysteria is starting to point at that. I, I, I don't know, but again, it was sort of the proliferation of unfiltered, you know, BS over the weekend, which, um, well, clearly the markets were sensible enough not to react to it. Yeah, at this point of time, but it is really interesting the way that it's uh, it's come across. Uh, we know that uh, there is a lot of nervousness in markets at the moment. We also know that there's uh, quite an increasing number of red flags that are starting to go and flash across our various markets at the moment. But just the the way that the speed and the uh, the, the proliferation, how quickly uh, people have been willing to go and jump on these rumors, really makes you wonder what it could go potentially lead to in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. I've touched upon it in the newsletter today, uh, but really it's a, it's a pretty critical moment when it comes to not jumping at shadows and making sure that the people that you go and listen to on social media are the ones that you can go and trust because uh, in an environment where we already have a problem with uh, with fake news out there, at this point in time, you know, speculation like we saw on the weekend could easily lead to a dislocation in markets and that is something that we don't need no. in this current juncture. I don't know if it helps. My rule of thumb is that are they in a position where they are trading this market, they're involved in it or have done in the past and have a special expertise of how these things work? When you see someone posting something, find their LinkedIn, check their resume, and if it doesn't look uh, absolutely blue chip or relevant to what they're talking about, absolutely ignoring it. But just a, another interesting point, because we've got a, probably a little bit to fill out today because it's been a little bit quiet. Netflix has just done um, a, a new documentary on the game GameStop saga. Mm. And remember that? The old anti, yeah. anti-establishment bias and all that kind of stuff. People buying because they mm-hmm. hated the financial system. I guess the sentiment that we're seeing right now is kind of this the other side of that coin, you know what I mean? It's just the invert of that, is that people are kind of baying, which obviously would come back to bite them on the backside eventually, but baying for some sort of collapse because they're just so so against the system and so anti, anti the establishment. So I figure that's where this sort of like widespread, you know, fear-mongering and, and what have you has come from. Um, but again, you know, those people who are sort of calling for this sort of thing would, would, would certainly, I'm, sh- I'm sure, would not want the... Co- would not like the consequences of 
what they're supposedly wishing to happen. Yeah. Well, uh, I went and asked an expert in the credit space, which is a good place to start when we talk Always about uh, bank, bank solvency. Uh, Charlie Callan from Bond Advisor was, uh, was uh, kind enough to come and join us on the program today. Uh, he said that there, are, that there is, there is uh, some signs of you know, some tension in credit markets at the moment. There's no denying that. Uh, he noticed that uh, no, the CDS market uh, in European financials is creeping higher, but still made the assertion that we're only about half the levels saw uh, before the GFC. So, yeah, not, uh, not at a critical point at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, did go and uh, get some pretty good insights as to what he's looking for. Uh, certainly a lot of uh, deal flow has really dried up, particularly in the US commercial paper market at the moment, but also talked about some of the big names that are still willing to go and step in and buy bonds and, uh, and corporate mm. bonds at the moment. So not all is doom and gloom in that particular part of the market. Uh, yeah, Luke Larity from Seneca, Investment, uh, Seneca Investments as well was on the program. Mm. And uh, I know people talking about volatility in this, uh, these markets. He, uh, when he came up with three stocks, to go and weather the storm. Um, plenty probably looking to go and find a safer, uh, safe port in these kind of markets as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you said, like I mean, by all means, something terrible could could possibly happen. But I, I think it's just the um, again the, the noise and the hysteria and just the, the the irrationality of it all. And I mean, again, there there are folks out there willing to sort of take the other side of that trade. And mm. who knows, they might. Uh, might end up all the richer for it um, if we are hitting that sort of peak peak fear of things. Rob Shears from Valor Private Wealth was uh, another one of our great interviews and features in the newsletter today. Uh, he's a stock picker, and uh, he went and gave some of his ideas for filters, how to go and don't know, pick the right stock, given there is so much noise out there at the moment. I know to go and cut through that and find out to the things that really matter. So well worth you while having a listen to that as well. Talking about stock pickers, uh, we thought today we'll go to Allchem as our stock of the day. So Koshi sat down with Francesco Destratus and Carl Capolingua to go and get their thoughts on that after the company announced the uh, C-suite changes at the, uh, the board level. To get their sake is whether now time to go and get into that lithium play. Take a listen. Again, the message is stick to the, the, the big guys. I think they'll, they'll still do the best. The charts are still okay on each of those. They're pulling back a little bit, but um, nothing to worry about. I'm a little bit more concerned about your cores in your line towns. They don't, they don't look as, as strong. Uh, bigger picture, look, uh, again, if we do get a really um, bad market, Koshi, so if we're only halfway to where we need to go on this, this pullback, this bear market, if you want to call it here, nothing will be spared. Our preferred would be Allchem, uh, which is the old Oracobra. Yep. Um, they're, they're a producer, so they're taking advantage of the, the prices of where they are at the moment. Uh, but obviously when prices pull back, they, they're going um, to fall from, from grace as well. There we have it. Uh, yeah, mixed feelings, but not going in the portfolio. And of course, uh, I know the investment committee is uh, about to go and meet. I believe, being the start of a new month. So Very we'll get cool. some uh, portfolio changes you'd imagine coming through given the other uh, volatility that we've seen recently. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Koshi and the crew come up with when that comes out. I gather it'll be probably some point this week. Yeah, no, I think it might be Friday. I can't recall, but apparently, I, I don't know if this is giving too much away, but uh, only down 3% versus the broader market. So that's, that's you know, not uh, not terrible given the backdrop. Look at that generating alpha, even if is down anyway not 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 to, not to worry we are that's the uh, the reason we're here to go and try and make more than what the market can go and give it so absolutely yeah, it's uh, our performance of uh, one aspect let's uh let's look ahead uh it's going to be mm. a big macro week coming up of course tomorrow rba uh look there's, a, there's still a risk that we might go and see a 25 come through but uh, most people are centering on the rba we're going to delve the fifth 50 in a row yeah i think um Friday night we had Martin Wetton on the last call and uh, Gareth Ayer, the, the chief economist there, is probably one of the last holdouts of 25. His rationale is 
why would they talk about 50 or 25 at the last meeting if they weren't going to do 25 this time around? I believe that was the argument. I would hate to put words in, in Gareth's mouth. But um, mostly, I think, um, uh, market participants, market pricing, you're pointing to 50 basis points. It'll be just interesting, that language, right? The, you know, uh, as opposed to some other central banks around the globe, um, Governor Lowe has been fairly balanced in his assessment of the economy and policy going forward, this whole even kill, not in a set path kind of language. So we'll see if that's maintained because um, we have had some reasonably strong data recently. But um, I, I, in my gut, I, st- I think they'll probably go go the 50 but not tell us anything new and probably not rock the boat too much. Yeah, look, 50 will go and get it above what its assessment of uh, where neutral is. So I'll get into mildly... Uh, no, uh, restricted territory when it comes to policy settings yeah. and then it probably makes sense to go and start being a bit more cautious of that sense we know that a lot of the uh, impact of that rate tighten it's already come through uh as yet to go and actually be felt when yeah, it comes it's to the next year loss. thing isn't it yeah absolutely so we'll keep a close eye on that one anything else on the uh, the macro radar we've got a whole bunch of pmi data out the uh, us uh, ism manufacturing surveys out tonight anything else we should probably keep a close eye on uh before jobs on friday probably probably not i mean we've got the rbnz on wednesday um so that's going to be another significant one 50 basis points priced in there and um, you know everyone's kind of uh, bracing for a recession um, in the uh, in New Zealand as well so that'll be another interesting one of course um, we'll have to wait a little more than just the 24 hours but pretty slow start to the week I think otherwise yeah Jolt's job survey in the States of course Tuesday yeah. as well we also get I uh, know that uh, survey which I don't go and mention anymore from the private sector payrolls uh, <laughs> that comes through so yeah plenty to go and digest before the main event of course 14 Fed speakers as well just to go and top it off this week so plenty to go and digest later yeah, on yeah. but for the time it'll be a pretty quiet night you'd imagine so we'll leave it there and uh, we'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning thanks mate see you then see ya